0: well hi everybody it's the week in the tackle podcast extra bits the dangly bits that we have at the end of our working week we'll also be playing you tidbits from grumpy pundits on a friday on sirius x nfc i am tom Rennie. my voice is just about holding it together after uh oh the kids have got me ill the kids, kids will get you ill don't the put kids. them into nursery just raise them yourself yeah, quit your job, live in a tree. At least you won't be ill every six to seven minutes. Uh, that's me anyway. Uh, Brian Dunseth, who's done this already, is with me. How are you, mate? You right.
1: Yeah, I'm doing fantastic, Rennie. Uh, good to be back with you after your trip over to, and we talked about this on Monday, but your trip over to Bucharest. I had a weekend down with uh, my son Shia. We were doing his soccer tournament, and then I just did a red eye, man. I did a red eye to New York City. So I got cool. on the ground. I landed at 6 a.m. I was recorded and done by about noon back to the airport. It's a lot of time in the car and then uh, flew myself back home to Salt Lake City. So whirlwind. I'm exhausted as well. And thankfully, mm. even though my family has gotten sick, I'm one of those guys that doesn't get sick too often. I'll get the phlegmies. I'll get the coughs. I'll get the snots. But I don't like get knocked out. I don't lose the voice. So I'm I'm pretty fortunate on that one.
0: I mean, that's the worst thing that could happen. I mean, it costs me money when my voice goes. So it's very frustrating. Yeah. I have found out during our three-hour live program, I've been swigging uh, a chesty cough syrup that I bought from the co-op
1: hmm. on
0: my my walk with the dog this morning. Um, it is a, uh, a drowsy cough syrup. So that explains a lot of the last hour of the program. That Sleepy explains time. the whole of tidbits, really. So... We yeah. only
1: slightly judge you, only slightly judge you. We we've done, have you by the way, have you ever have you ever I know we're doing it for the show and stuff, but there was one time I got so sick. I was down at Fox Soccer Channel, formerly uh, Fox Soccer Channel, now FS1. I was doing a game. I was so sick, Randy. I had cough syrup in me. I was I had two different types of cough syrup, mm. one for the throat, one for the face and the nose. And then I was I was chewing or I was doing uh the spray, like the Nyquil spray for the throat to like Yeah try to be able to talk. I was drunk as a skunk at the final whistle.
0: Oh, yeah. 100%. It's when you don't expect it. It's when you don't realize what's happening to you.
1: Yeah. And then eventually,
0: you're like, oh, dear. Like, this happened to me when, thankfully, I didn't drive home in the end, but I was at a party once, and I thought I was drinking non-alcoholic Peroni, Mm. uh, which comes in like bottles. So I was the designated driver, and I'm like, hey, guys, look, I'm not going to drink, but I want to look like I'm one of the team. So I kept ordering non-alcoholic Peroni, but then you're in a round, aren't you? So I'm saying to someone like, oh yeah, I'll have the non-alcoholic one. And so in the end, I'd had maybe like 12 of these beers and I literally got to the car with my friends behind me and I suddenly realized, well, I'm actually quite pissed. (laughs) This is, uh, John, what did you buy me? What's that? And he was like, well, you know, so, uh, but yes, so that did nearly happen to me once, completely inadvertently that I nearly, um, quite rightly got arrested Hmm. for drink driving, which I've never done. Um, but I nearly accidentally got done for the drink driving. I have uh, drowsy radio presented today, so there you go. Um, <laughs> it's our last. Is it our last? I think it might be our last sort of set of shows before the World Cup. So we should. Mm, I don't yeah. want to do squad chat, but we'll do that. We're going to do some special shows for the World Cup and all that. So make sure you stay subscribed. Yeah. Uh, certainly after England, the USA game next week, going to be top banter. Top so, Um But are you are you enthused? Is, how, where was your enthusiasm level considering we still got a whole bunch of games to go before it happens
1: you know i i was i was i was enthusiastic about the world cup and then <clears throat> excuse me a, a part of me was still kind of wrestling with this whole mashup of games for the domestic calendar heading into the world cup and still waiting for the world cup roster to be announced and obviously everything that's happening in qatar and so it, it was you know i, I don't know if I, I was saying this yesterday i i, I just don't feel like this is a world cup. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's a world cup because of the timing and the change from the summer to the winter. It doesn't feel like a world cup. Cause I don't feel the same hype and excitement. It doesn't feel like a world cup because I don't think we're seeing the same commercial support that we usually see surrounding a world cup. It just quite honestly feels like everybody wants it to get over yeah, and then to refocus to 2026 and world cup being hosted in the United States, Mexico and Canada, not necessarily in that order, but that order. Um, so I think the announcement the other night when Greg Berhalter announced his roster for me that's when it really started to take hold that yep here we go getting ready and getting set for the World Cup and what is it now Qatar Ecuador November 20th so 9 days 9 crazy. days crazy. away which is which is nuts
0: It is crazy I I I I'm not looking forward to it currently. I I like to be honest with you and our listeners. I am not the biggest international football fan. However, I do always enjoy the major tournaments. It it is really something that you kind of can shape your summer around. It's a reason that I kind of see friends I don't see very often. I'm going to get together with some friends for the Iran game, uh, which is the 21st. We're going to go out for a kind of brunch and, and watch the game and whatnot. So we're trying to do it this time around. But with Christmas on top, and most of my friends kind of work in sports media, if they're not working at the World Cup, some of my friends are out in Qatar for the entire tournament, hmm. everyone's just like, well, it's going to be utterly mad from Boxing Day through to June. And so everyone's kind of trying to, like, hey, I am going to go on holiday for a few days. Just try and, like, see your family and friends, because it's going to be, uh, it's going to be chaotic. So I-, I normally enjoy it during the tournaments, but I'm actually just using this entire tournament to think about when I can go on holiday. Yeah. That's that's you know, that's and it's sad. Yeah, it is sad it is. because we're losing that magic of what a World Cup's supposed to be. Uh, I'm gonna watch the Netflix FIFA documentary over the weekend. So I might be utterly furious. We're gonna do a phone in next week on some of Seth Blatter's comments on one of our Grumpy Pundit shows. Um Because the comments we we talked about in last week's podcast were infuriating. And I'm sure that's going to make me even more mad.
1: Because he's actually saying all the right things now after basically washing every involvement that he's had in the past. Yeah. Like stating
0: the utterly obvious corruption of the entire thing and how they should not have done this. Yeah. Um, And yet we've waited to the very last second and we're actually going to do it. I mean, is it is this going to be do you think we can all get over all of the things that have dogged this tournament from the terrible fan zones to the obvious corruption to the horrible lives of the workers and indeed deaths of some of the workers, you know, all of that. Is it even going to be possible for us to enjoy this tournament from a football perspective, do you think?
1: So I think those that can separate the two absolutely can. Um, Now I think it's impossible to get past the awarding of the world cup to, to Qatar, and as you go back and, and you watch these documentaries and you listen to Qatar say outright, no, we had the best proposal, this was the best presentation, we deserved it, we earned it, and subsequently look back and see those that were involved in the vote for both Russia and Qatar either have been arrested, um, have been jailed, have been uh, literally awaiting extradition by the New York uh general attorney and or have passed away, that the money trail uh, is very significant Yeah, and has been very obvious. Then you get into the migrant worker situation, which has been horrific. Um, and thankfully, a bright light had been shown on that from day one, where hopefully in the kafala system, we have seen a change, a positive change. And, and this is kind of the hard thing, right? Not all regions and not all countries abide by what we think are the natural rights for an individual to live in. Yeah. Um, so my hope is that the shining light and the bright light of the World Cup has changed the way that the human life is valued over there, right, wrong, or indifferent. So I'll broad stroke that the World Cup's the World Cup. And I think it, the moment the ball kicks off, we are going to be excited to see some of the best players in the world, play mm. will there always be an asterisk mark alongside of this absolutely there will there will absolutely be an asterisk mark attached to the tournament subsequently the winner um but it's still the world cup and and i for one am, am extremely extremely excited mm. for that whistle to blow and we can just kick this damn thing off
0: two other quick bits i want to thank jesse marsh uh, who's oh. been speaking on friday about yeah. uh the world cup and this is just terrific from jesse marsh and he actually i am in complete lockstep with him here and his lovely stretch pants he was asked today who do you think will win the world cup his response i don't care (laughs) i don't care he goes on right um why don't i care because i find international football interesting but i'm fully immersed in club football and Mm. they're like two different sports almost so again i just want our guys to do well I suppose maybe the USA should I pick them? Cause I'm American, but I'm not really that bothered. And that kind of sums up how I feel about yeah. it. I'd like England to win. It'd be quite funny if England win it. England aren't going to win it. And you know, it just, there's been no build up. I'm not enthused about it, it's but such I'm a sure fascinating. during the tournament. It's gonna yeah. be all right.
1: That's such a fascinating statement from Jesse as well, considering he was an assistant coach with Bob Bradley for the world cup. And mm. Has played an important role behind the scenes for the U.S. Men's National Team during his time as an assistant coach, um, but this is also this is also you know th- there's a conversation that we've had for years and years and years. What's the difference between an international manager who gets his gets his he gets his boots in the turf every once in a while versus a domestic manager who every single day is pushing and having his players and philosophical approach, tactical nuance, all that stuff. So, yeah, Jesse's right. I mean, listen, Je- Jesse's got to figure out. I think this this break's going to come at a perfect time for him to uh, be able to really dig into what he's done right, what he's more importantly what he's done wrong, mm. and how to reset Leeds United to come flying, kickstarting out of the out of the break.
0: One final thing: uh, we talked a bit on the program on Friday about the unveiling of various squads, and I mm. always hate the big show, the pageantry. I just want a PDF. Like, just send me the PDF, except if it's Louis Van Gaal. Oh and my God. what we discovered on the program, Danny, mm. is that, you know, you are a vocal magician in many ways. <laughs> you know, your ability to do impressions of people and nationalities. Mm. I mean, it's so impressive. And what mm. we did learn is your impression of Louis Van Hal is now your number one impression. So before we run out of time, yeah, really? I would love you to yes. just give us a flavor, give our podcast subscribers a flavor of Louis van Haal sitting in front of a black backdrop in an ominous way yeah. giving us some, some squad picks for the Dutch okay. national team
1: Louis van Haal's army here's the list of Louis van Gaal's army Virgil van Dijk you're in Memphis Depay you will not start Danny van de Beek me man no chance sorry tim and finally there's no room for ryan babble louis van hall's army is going to win the world cup while i wear my orange panties that my wife has purchased for me louis van hall sorry tim <laughs> It's time for Tidbits on Grumpy Pundits.
0: Time for some Tidbits now on Grumpy Pundits on a Friday. Stories that Rennie and Dunny thought were interesting over the last week, but not strong enough for a full section of any of our shows. Now, Dunny has been very, very busy this week, so has not been able to collate his own Tidbits. But the good news is, folks, I have so many. I have so many tidbits, just so much nonsense happened this week. Um, We could probably do tidbits for a good hour or so. We've got like 20 minutes. We're going to try, like professionals, to bring this in on time. Um, And I want to start with this because I love this story. You might need to Google this, Danny, because it's just so, so interesting and so funny to me. So Aston Villa Football Club, Okay. they, like many clubs, are trying a rebrand. So every now and then, I don't know why they do it, but clubs rejuvenate their crest. Sometimes it goes really, really well. Other times, you're Leeds United. Uh, And Leeds United, you might recall, um, they had this kind of weird fan gesture, apparently, where it was almost like a a fascist salute where they put their arm across their body. And it was like um, a Leeds United fan-to-fan thing. Mm. They tried to redesign the Leeds United badge with a kind of word art from the early 90s picture of a fan with his arm across his body. And all the Leeds fans were like, this is humiliating. Please don't do this to us. And they came up with a a better badge. Well, Aston Villa created two crest designs in the last couple of weeks. To be fair, their current one is rubbish. And they kept getting the uh, feedback from fans that it's too yellow. We're Claret and Blue and our entire logo is this massive yellow lion. It doesn't make sense. So they created two crests, which they then put to a fan vote. The fan vote went to 21,500 fans. 77% of fans voted for the round design, as opposed to what they were calling the gas lamp design. Mm. In an old kind of gas lamp shape, the lion's in the middle, and in various ways it says Aston Villa Football Club on it. Now, they've picked the design... They're going with it next season. Before the big announcement, only really Aston Villa fans have paid attention to this. It's now been published into the mainstream and everyone has started to say, guys, 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 you've done the Chelsea badge. You've literally done the, what you've done here is you've just done the Chelsea badge. It's like when you do that thing where you go and see like a stand-up comedian and then you tell that joke later on and you're like, no, I just wrote that joke. And they're like, we were at the same Ricky Gervais show as you, James Corden. What are you talking about? That doesn't make sense. So it's just bizarre to me they yeah. have just done the Chelsea badge. And Twitter has obviously, before Musk ruined it, gone a bit mad on this. Um, <laughs> there's a few great Continuous, responses. Continues to ruin Genuinely it. can't believe Aston Villa yeah. chose to have Chelsea's badge in a different colour. Mm. Um, are the same media team now just going club to club until they all get the exact same design? And the other element to this is, is that Chelsea fans are saying, hey, you stole our badge. What are you doing, Aston Villa? But the great thing underneath that is Brighton fans getting in touch with them, saying, they stole your badge, you stole our club. (laughs) What are you talking about? You took our manager, you've taken our players, you've taken our staff, you may as well move down to the South Coast. It's an excellent, excellent bit of top Twitter banter, but Dunny, it... Did this not once come up that they should maybe check the other club's badges to see if it was vaguely similar?
1: Yeah, I mean it, it had to have come up. Absolutely had to have come up. Um, now, now here's the thing: the old, or I guess the current logo, the the AVFC with the star above. Yeah, it's not good. You know the line, the you know the lion's standing up on its back heels and it's going to the left, painting a picture for you. Um, the line itself. Looks like it was drawn on a computer in the early 2000s using KidPix version 1.0. Now, the updated version, take Chelsea out of the conversation, and you you really can't. This is a really clean logo. I I really do like this new Aston Villa logo. The line looks clean. It's now facing the right-hand side, no longer going left. It's now going right. It's got 1874 underneath. I like circular badges. I think circular badges look really clean mm. a- across the board, so I'm down with this. And yeah, you're 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 right. the The problem is, I don't know what what do you call what, for the Chelsea badge itself. the The lines going to the left, but it's looking back over its shoulder, looking yes. to the right. What is the thing? What what is in its hand? I, I, I apologize. I'm not a Chelsea guy.
0: I think it's holding the future in its hand, looking back at a past where all their trophies were brought with oh. dirty russian money oh, that i think sense. that's what it okay. i can't be 100 percent sure i think he's mm-hmm. looking back over his shoulder at neil barnett with his hands over his eyes <laughs> i think that's what i think that's what no i don't know it's like a key yeah it's like but a key it, but to it the city a... i assume it's a, i mean it'll have it will have some sort of historical meaning that i don't yeah, know yeah.
1: well yeah. i i think it looks eerily but you know the lion thing is is pretty significant in the football world i mean the, a lot of a lot of clubs around the world, it doesn't matter where you're at, have some lion element within the league That's true. structure. Um, so I'm not surprised. And this is where you're like, oh, you're biting our style, man. You stole our logo. I think it's a clean logo. It's just, the- and, and it's almost a no-win because Aston Villa's line now is going left. This one's going right. Chelsea's going in kind of both directions, walking yeah. left, but looking over its shoulder to behind it. So The authorities. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, did they, do we still know what that $2 billion, is it still sitting in the coffers somewhere waiting to be distributed to Ukraine? Uh,
0: yes, actually, oh. uh, it was a, a, a politician called Chris Bryant asked about it this week, and no mm. money as yet has gone to Ukraine from the sale of Chelsea Football Club. Okay, So there was no way of knowing, really. There yeah. was no way of knowing. There was no way of seeing it, but our, our prime minister's wife's one of her companies still got shares in Russia and they're making money off it. So it's fine. It's oh, fine. Don't worry about it. It's, it's fine. fine. We're, a, we're just an incredibly corrupt country. Um, but yeah, it, it looks like the Chelsea badge, basically.
1: But it's clean, though. Take Chelsea out of the conversation. This is what yeah, I but like. But can you I, take Chelsea out of the conversation? No, you can. Like, if can you, you, want. you? Yeah, I mean, you can. You but can. I mean. It's just banter. Oh. <sighs> It's banter. It, it is
0: clean. It's nice. I quite like it. I agree it, on the it's circular a, It's badge a better thing. badge
1: than Chelsea's badge. If we're just judging the cl- yes. like how clean it is, Aston Villa's new badge looks cleaner than Chelsea's badge looks right now.
0: Yes, and it's better than the other badge. So it yeah. is a step in the right direction. However. It's Chelsea. It's Chelsea. You've taken the Chelsea <laughs> badge, guys. You've literally done. You've taken the Chelsea yeah. badge. Um Another tidbit for this week, we've done a bit of England chat this week and World Cup chat, but I, I remember this story when it happened, but I don't know if it's something that the wider listenership would have known. So, Kieran Trippier is going to the World Cup as England's starting right back, right? Uh, been terrific for Newcastle. When he went to the last World Cup, it was a bit of a surprise that he went to the World Cup, Um he was born and raised in a place called Berry or Burry, uh, depending on how you would say it, um, on a council estate, which is an estate where a lot of people who live there are kind of like, their housing is part paid for by the government. It's, it's essentially a quite impoverished area. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know if there's an American equivalent to a council estate, but essentially that's the area. Um, when Kieran Trippier made the squad for the last World Cup in Russia, his dad, who still lives there, well, all his family still live there, He erected a massive England Cross of St. George flag with Kieran Trippier's face on it. It was 30 feet high, Hmm. 25 feet by 30 feet high on their council. I think it's a council house, not flat. But anyway, a huge, huge banner, which would take up the side of a house. It's pride. Um, it, It was there for a while. Somebody complained and the council asked him, the dad, to take it down. He didn't take it down because his son is a Premier League footballer so he could afford to pay the daily fine he was given by the council for having uh, the flag up. It's a terrific story Um, and people are now asking the dad, uh, Chris Trippier, if he's going to do it again because Chris Mm. is not going out to Qatar. And I, I don't know if he's going to do it or not. I mean, I hope he does. I kind of hope that he does. That should be a prerequisite. If your son makes the England squad, yeah. here's your 30-foot flag. Put it up wherever you live.
1: Sure. Yeah. And I, I, in, 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 I'm looking at the pictures right now. I mean, listen, it, it's here, here in America, you you drive by houses that have flagpoles, massive flagpoles in the front yard or in the backyard. And it's it's not necessarily common going down the streets, but it's like a national pride thing and people have their flags up and whatever. Now there's a bunch of flags. You can choose which part of the national flag you want to be a part, whatever. Not, not my thing. This one, when you Uh look at the picture, um, uh, he did it for the euros as well. This flag is 30. The, the pole itself looks to be 30 feet tall. I don't think this, this trippy flag is that big of a deal. Like I know he's flying it and obviously there's rules and regulations over here, HOAs, whatever it looks like, but I don't, think it's like a, a huge eyesore I would think for the for the neighborhood itself it would be a source of pride now I know then you get into kind of a more difficult gray area of, of what is acceptable and what is not acceptable um, so maybe the authorities or the decision makers were more pissed about that but it's really like when when I first read this I thought it was like this monstrous flag that was like Towering over the entire city, thirty feet is quite big. Well, thirty it's feet quite big. Tall for a, flag, for a council estate, it's quite the, big. We don't, but don't but flag have palatial manners like you. Some of my, us live in residential being, estates in a city. My point we don't have the flag itself isn't that big. It's thirty feet tall, the pole, but the flag itself is. It seems to be a normal size flag. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well. Okay. It looks it's quite big in the picture. Come on. Maybe Chris Trippier is
0: actually twelve foot tall, and he looks oh, as, quite small in comparison. I don't know. I like it though. I think it's. I mean, what I you like know, about this story is not only the fact they paid the fine for it, but also the fact that even though Kieran Trippi is going to his second World Cup, mm. and even though he's a, a millionaire footballer, captain of Newcastle United, he can still get embarrassed by his dad because he's good at sports. Mm. And I just. That's what I love about it. Are you an dad. embarrassing sports dad, Dunny? Are you the dad. kind of guy that would turn up with like a. A flag like go team at one of your your, your kids no, sports no. My, meets. my
1: parents. No, we we had a rule really early on. My, we had a rule. My my dad. I don't think I've ever told this 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 story publicly. My so we had a uh, there was a the, before kind of Twitter and all of this stuff. Reddit. It was called Big Soccer. Bigsoccer dot com. And I know there's listeners out there that posted on soccer dot com. And I I could like that was the place as a player. Like you never went because you would get hammered. Um, And I remember one game, it'd be like, I played bad and like, someone was like, is Brian done, Seth? Like, he's not going to play. So it was like that type of like, oh, we're weedy banter guys. And uh, so I think my stepdad at one point underneath that post, he's like, he called me like, oh, I like I killed him. I was like, what do you do? He goes, I wrote, well, is Evans wise? because it was his name was evans wise and i was like delete what are we doing here and so from that moment on like my parents like knew my my stepdad like just don't get involved don't say anything and my parents have been in the stands when i when i be be berated or made fun of or slagged off or any of that stuff and it was it was hard for them because you know that's their kid but like we had to draw the line like no don't do anything stupid I, I don't need this. I Just let me play. It doesn't really matter. It's just, it's all noise on the outside looking in.
0: What about you? I, I kind of. Your dad ever embarrass mean, embarrass you? Well, my dad was the referee for a lot of yeah, our games exactly. when I was a so, kid. So he you? sent me off a few times. Good. Um, yeah, I mean, never, to be fair, never he see was, that happen. He was never wrong. That happen. <laughs> he <laughs> sure. was completely wrong yeah. uh, in all of his decision making. Um, not particularly embarrassing, uh, because I don't really get embarrassed by, you know, I'm happy for people to tell me that I'm right. <laughs> mm. So as long as they're on my team, I'm, I'm more than happy for that. Um, but I did once, uh, when one of the times you sent me off was for dissent, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I got, I got booked earlier on for like a quite savage challenge. Uh, and then later in the game, um, I was complaining about something or other. And then I really like just would not stop. To a point where it was like, you've got to stop now. (laughs) Otherwise, you're going to get sent off. And I was like, no, no, no. And then he sent me off. And um, it was so like. Did you get it? No, no, no. What me? Come on, buddy. Good luck Mm -hmm. with you. Good luck with that. No, but um, it was just sort of like when we got home, then I wasn't allowed to have trifle. It was very sad. Trif- My mother used What's to make trifle? a wonderful Sunday lunch trifle. It's it your jelly, your lady fingers, your custard on top, oh, cream okay. on top of that. that a traditional good. Victorian English trifle. Mm. Um, and we used to get treated to that on a Sunday post roast, um, but I wasn't allowed to eat it. And I- um, part of it was like he literally threw the trifle in the bin in front of me. Right in front of quite you? Rightly. Yeah, oh. Quite rightly. Quite well. what, rightly. What a what But a then I visual took a spoon punishment. and put it in the bin, yeah, and he was of like, You think that's beneath me? Five seconds then. Roll completely bottled it before I put it in my mouth obviously uh, bin by, by,
1: by the way when your son is playing i'd be interested to yes. see if this happened i've so my two older boys individually i've pulled them from games based on their actions on the field i've pulled them out of games like i told the coach like no he's not playing he's off and one of it was my my oldest son like killed this kid killed this kid i was like get off the field now and he's like, what? I was like, get off the field. You're not playing. Like, literally took him off the field. And I was like, that's not how we act. That's not how we play the game. And my middle boy, who's way more malicious than my older boy, he, <laughs> this kid kicked him. He got up. The kid started jogging away. He literally kicked the back of his leg out from underneath him as hard as he ooh. could. Like, the kid, the kid maliciously tackled the living hell out of my kid. I was like, ooh, let's see if he gets up on this one. And he got up. And he was like, nope. And he like, boom, hit him so hard, like, took the kid's legs out from underneath him. And I was like, get off the field. And so I've taken, my, mm-hmm. I've taken my children off the field on two occasions. And the coaches were like, no, no, he's good. I'm like, no, he's going to sit right here and watch the rest of the game. And then, mm-hmm. like, the coaches were like, okay, can he come play now? Like, we like, need him. I was like, no, nah, he's good. He's going to sit right here and watch the rest of the game. And that was like, we don't act like that.
0: So you we, won't be able to do that in England because of the, the, the respect line. Oh, So I if don't you don't did care, that in England, I'll, I'll break you, you, you wouldn't be allowed line. back. Great. Yes, but then what are you teaching the kids if you're breaking the respect line to discipline? I'm teaching my kids in many ways. That's bad parenting,
1: is what I'm teaching them. That's good. But you're the one crossing the respect line. Good. I'll break that respect line. If my kids acted the way they did on that day, they're out of the game. They're not playing. That's not who we are. That's that's what I always say. Like you're done, sir. You don't act like that. That's what I always say to my kids.
0: Wait, you're the man who invented
1: Dunsethory. What are you I talking about? I know, but about? they don't really know that yet. But I have taught them of all Of course like they it. know that. They're, they're, um, they're, they're, they're the probably watching YouTube
0: right now of you pinching people's buttocks in the penalty area I to don't put them pinch, off. I pinch,
1: I poke. I use the thumb and I get in the ribs yes. and I get in the kidneys. and That's how you move people around. Well, I
0: don't want to say poke the buttocks on daytime radio. Well, pinch I don't felt touch better. the buttocks when we're playing. No, doesn't I me? have pants
1: people, but that was just Find fun. Find the, the video on
0: YouTube. Find it, folks. Fine. Just Google now, not on a work computer. Uh, Brian Dunseth pokes buttocks. Let's know See, what comes out. You know what
1: the weird thing is? Like when people grab jerseys. Like when you're in, like yes. when people wrap up. Like when you're when you're marking people in corners or set pieces. I never understand why defenders don't grab the shorts. Like you grab give the them shorts. a wedge. Give them so the, give true. Me a, give them a wedge. Like why would you mm. grab the back of their shirt? Like when their shirt's just gonna go tight against their chest. Why don't you grab the back of their shorts and give them a little lift? Like. Yeah. Get a left arm in front, right arm, give him a little left, little wedge, then you know. Yeah, like, great parenting, what? Danny. I mean, it great distracts, distracts him.
0: Yeah, top parenting. Top oh. parenting. Do as yeah. I say. Not as I i got three I do. boys. i got to teach. I've got to fight one for you. I don't know if you saw this last week, um, but this one I thought was amazing. Mm-hmm. I got this off Daniel Taylor, uh, his Twitter page. So, Forrest Brentford last week, mm-hmm. before the game, something absolutely sensational happened. So,. Goalkeeping coach Manu Sotello oh, yeah. began going through the warm ups uh, for Brentford. A member of the Nottingham Forest ground staff walked into the penalty area while the goalkeepers were doing their warm up and there was some sort of
1: visible dispute.
0: It then gets quite heated. And he was when like, he had a
1: poker. He had the pole with, he's the, got with the, the, um, the poker that like pitchfork thing, yeah. yeah. And, like cleans up like all the divots and stuff and tries to lay them flat. Yeah.
0: So, they're having a bit of a, like, quite uh, obvious Barrage. verbal exchange. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And then Sotelo, the goalkeeping coach, push- pushes the Forest member of staff. The Forest member of staff then, like, right, let's go. Hammers the fork into the ground. Mm. And it's almost like they're going to have a punch-up on yeah. the field. The goalkeeping coach and the, the groundsman. It's absolutely incredible. Um Thomas Frank said afterwards he's got a mark on his, on his kind of body where he suffered an injury as a result of the altercation, Sotelo. But I love this. The groundsman basically offered out the Brentford goalkeeping coach before a game for, I'm assuming, ruining the turf? I don't know. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. I mean,
1: lower-level staff having a punch-up at the game is just so th- spectacular. some would say. It spectacular this is more normal than people realize so let let me let me paint this picture for you and and i've seen this even as a as a as a television presenter when walking into red bull arena in new jersey it says like big signs like stay off the grass and like yeah. all of a sudden these guys that are like working these men and women that are working at red bull arena are psychopaths like if you touch touch the grass even like turning the corner from the cement they're like get off the grass and you're like, dude, chill out, bro. I'm like not in the middle of the field. I'm not like wearing studs. And by the way, it doesn't even make sense. I'm wearing Jordans. How are Jordan's gonna ruin the field. Idiot. Yeah. Um, but I digress. There were times as players, even during warm ups, so first off, you had the get off my field, guys, like those guys. And then you have the groundsmen. You have the security guys and the groundsmen. Now the groundsmen, the groundskeeper, and that whole group, they are this is their baby, right? This is their pride and joy. they, they spend so much time cultivating what they think is going to be the perfect surface. Dan Farns and and the crew out here at Salt Lake do an incredible job at Rio Tinto Stadium. And like, this is like the stadium field is their baby. So they don't like when it's being used outside of games because games are games are games. So when you have goalkeepers warming up, you usually have the goals on the side, right? You see this all the time. Because you don't want to ruin the goal mouth, especially with how many... Like, now the fields are completely different than the potato patches they were in the Premier League, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. We have all the tech. So anytime goalkeepers are going through their warm-up, they want to be in the goal. They don't want to be on the side. They want to be hitting angles, you know, bopping balls, throwing balls. So the grounds crew, they kind of have in their mind, like, well, it's, it's a predetermined amount of time you can warm up, obviously. But there's also this, like, unspoken like don't screw up the mouth of the goal so when things like this happen i i promise you whatever was happening in the warm up the nottingham forest groundskeeper whoever was involved was getting pissed that the goalkeeper coach was running these sessions and it's understandable if it's a starting goalkeeper but if it's the backup keeper running the war you know going through the warm ups as well they're like no get to the side don't ruin the mouth of the goal you idiot so that's how i see this going and this is what happens. And I've been here as a player, because you have yeah. a certain amount of time to warm up. And when that like timeline hits, Rennie, the the grounds crew starts like picking up the balls and like ushering you off the field. And in players' minds, there's like a rhythm. It's like a couple more crosses, a couple more finishes, strikers, all that stuff. They want to get a couple more passes. They want to feel confident going in before they change to come out for kickoff. There are like. Big time disputes. And there are always like, screw you, bro. No, screw you, man. And then like F-bombs start rolling out and this all happens. So I'm not surprised. The only Mm -hmm. thing I'm surprised about is that there wasn't like video of this. Like some yeah. cameraman sitting there didn't catch the altercation. Well, there's because... like
0: phone video, but there's not like professional oh. video.
1: God, it would have been spectacular here. I'm like, no, screw yeah, the screw you, get yeah. off the field, there's man.
0: No, I'd love to hear that route. I love. Oh, I love. D- you know this is a whole new world to me? I had yeah. no idea this was such a no. It's huge. A tense thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, I love it. You know what they should also do? Mic up ARs, assistant referees, and the verbal mm. abuse that they get from the players. Sometimes really hilarious, other times absurdly over the top and, uh, you know, disrespectful. ARs get it worse than anybody.
0: I know our production team want us to get to a break, but I've got to do this story. I I really want to do this final story because I love this. So you know how DC Comics are real bad at doing movies? You know, like all the DC Comics movies, they tried to do a Marvel thing, but they had a bad original idea. And have just kept making worse worse and worse and worse and worse movies. And eventually they'll stop and we'll get like good Superman again. Well, there was that awful, awful first Suicide Squad film. Do you remember that? Oh, I loved it. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, but Jared Leto, the actor, played the mm. Joker in it. And he, uh, it was so bad. The design of the Joker was so bad. Like, he had the word deranged mm. tattooed on his forehead. Like, yeah, we got it. You're the Joker. <laughs> Um, and it was like, he had like, ha, 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 all over his chest. Like, it was just, it was just so, it was like, if the Joker was designed by an intern at Hot Topic. (laughs) Like, it was so bad. Um, well, the reason I'm raising this is because of the Manchester United star, Anthony. Mm. Um, He is one of those people that thinks, like, if I get 6,000 tattoos, that will make up for the fact I have no personality. He got a (laughs) bunch of new tattoos done live on the gram yesterday. Mm. Five, in fact. And he basically had two, which are such garbage. All I could think about was Jared Leto's Joker. So on his neck, across his neckline, he's had the word Illuminado,
1: Mm. which
0: means... Enlightened, oh. on his neck, in Times New Roman font, right across the bit where you'd like, f- you know, see people get like sliced in the movies. Uh, absolutely terrible, terrible tattoo. But also on his—that's uh, the index finger, right? Index, like the main pointy finger. <laughs> yeah. He's had on the inside of the pointy finger. Shh. Mm. S-H-H-H with dot, dot, dot after it. So when yeah. he scores a goal now, he'll run up to a camera, put his finger over oh. his lips, and it'll be like, shh, I'm Illuminato. <laughs> just, you. Know, I mean, I just feel like oh, some yeah, yeah. people right need yeah. to pass like an exam mm. before you're allowed to get a tattoo. So like in England, you have to be a certain age, or if you're under a certain age, you have to get like your parents or guardian to write permission somebody should be giving Anthony permission to do this stuff to his body because he might be thick as mints.
1: Thoughts? Yeah, he's got like a a bones or knuckles where it says 2014. I think he added a seven in there around his elbow. He's got a nice timepiece. He's got a lot of numbers. Oh, on the the end of his hand, kind of in the fat part, uh, underneath your pinky, it's got one, two, three, dot, dot, dot as well. Um, yeah, Eliminato. Why? That that's like right underneath the uh, the throat. The yes, or the Adam's apple. That it's un. Like. That's an
0: unavoidable tattoo. That's oh, like the that first thing you're hurts. ever going to see of Anthony. Yeah, and it's like um, it's it's like the first thing you mm. print off on a new printer to make sure there's ink in it.
1: Mm. Well, yeah. I, so he's got the one on my neck is a chain pendant. So oh, so he might be. Looking to tattoo like a necklace around it, I guess. That's a, I guess. Um, he's saying the one, two, yeah. three is uh, the place right to be. Now, yeah, <laughs> one, two, three. Uh, he got one with his brother. So uh, only those from the same place know what I've been through. So that one's with his brother as well. Yeah, listen, I, you know, I got <laughs> tattoos. I'm down for it. You got to do whatever you want. He's 22. He's got a good jill. Yes, dollars. but surely you
0: should have some kind of like. There should be some sort of like. No, are you? Not. Are you
1: bright enough to have this done? Yeah, they don't. Like, care. shouldn't
0: there be some sort of exam? I, I just think there should be more exams for things. That's Tom what I'm saying. Rennie for um,
1: a lipstick tattoo on his neck. We should start that trend on Twitter. I'm here for it. What? You, yeah, yeah. Put a put okay. a lipstick kiss. Do you, do your wife like have her, have your wife put on red lipstick? Have her kiss your neck, and we'll just get it tattooed for you. Yeah, we've got two kids under two, mate. My
0: wife doesn't go. kiss me anymore. In the Tackle is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Want more grumpy pundits? Listen weekdays from 9 to noon Eastern on SiriusXM FC, Channel 157, and on the SXM app.